Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. You're listening to This Just In on Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Sunday in the summertime. How you doing, footy primers? This Just In, <laughs> it's Footy Prime. I'm Brendan Dunlop, joined by Craig Forrest, who's still out there on the West Coast, sitting in the shadows. How are you, Craig? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm glad you brought your mic set up and your headphones, but we should have brought you a front-facing light because you're always backlit, and and I I can barely see your eyes. Is that by design? Yeah, I kind of like it that way. Mm, It works for you. It's a competitive advantage. I just think I look better. (laughs) It's like being on stage, right? It's being on stage where you're you're looking out to the audience and you really can't see them because the light gives you the power. So yeah. it's, it's it wasn't competitive advantage. It was just your insecurity, not seeing yourself. <laughs> All right. Well, you're always here, Stacks. Thanks for being here, buddy. James Sharman is here as well. How are you, pal? Good. And I want to thank you, B. By the way, uh, for you the listeners that don't know, B is a huge like diehard motor racing fan, and he's at the Indy this Sunday. He left early before the race finished, so he could host tonight's show. So, B, thank you. It was a weird experience to leave before a sporting event ended because, uh, of course, I've been terrified to ever be seen doing that after working with you and christian jack who would scold people who left early leaving to beat the traffic <laughs> yeah you remember the song that john noon and i invented that that's the best part is you had to actually run across a track to get to your car <laughs> yeah i know uh but yes i was leaving with just a bunch of families like i was the only person without a screaming toddler that was leaving at that time um and not taking the go train, which was refreshing. But yeah, no, I made it. This is uh, this is our Sunday night tradition. And and I mean, some listeners think that we're doing shows earlier. Poor Dave Starkey who's tweeting at Spotify. Where the hell's my episode? Starkey, <laughs> that's Friday's episode. But we, we never put the Sunday one out this early. I haven't even recorded it yet. So I guess it goes to show Wonger where we've grown, buddy. Oh, we've grown. So Stark, and, and Starkey's losing his brain. Let's just be honest. He, he talks to us like he's with us on the show now. And we should get him on the show. One day well, that, we should do well, uh, a guest hit. Maybe episode number 300. Mm-hmm. We can have them phone in. They can leave us little voice notes. That way we can control the narrative. Or right. we can open up the link and uh, just fire people through. One, They get one question. Make it good. That's a good idea. That's not bad. Doug Simonite, one question. Right. Yeah. Bergman. The- Bergman's tracking you down too. Yeah. I want to ask them one question. Okay, maybe it can be that, if you really want to drag it out. Old school. I have one question for them all, actually. Why? Why the fuck are you listening to us? <laughs> <laughs> of all the podcasts in all the worlds, why? Why Footy Prime? Oh, Do you think... Well, marketing is not your uh, forte. I'll tell you why. <laughs> that We got a really good one on Chartable, a good uh, review, and it says, the best five stars. Takes me back to EPL weekend mornings on Sportsnet. Unreal footy talk and Canadian insight from SPMGJO905 on Apple Podcasts. So well, that's awesome. Thank people you. People like you Thank guys. You. I'll you, say you, this, you, Greg. Um, our conversation on Footy Prime is, is a little bit different, though, to our Saturday and Sunday mornings on Sportsnet. Mm. Yes. No kidding. <laughs> 
I mean, I think, I think generally speaking, yeah, people Maybe. think we're, uh, well, I mean, this is a little bit more authentic and far more, more real. Dropped. I do love when people uh, ask. Do we? I don't know. I don't, I don't personally throw F bombs out there, but people love it when you drop <laughs> F bombs. They love it. It's an incomplete show when you don't drop F bombs for some people. But I didn't realize it's become your brand. Like Jimmy's brand is the laugh. Mine is making fun of myself and or being overconfident in myself. Charms is mispronouncing things. I didn't know no, that yours video, was. <laughs> he just couldn't understand what words we were using. Oh, in the moment, I actually didn't know what it was. But no, I'm being serious that those, uh, for those of you that follow Footy Prime on Twitter and what we've started to use, the transcribing tool, which is hugely effective, unless, of course, you're transcribing Charmin. Which is not as effective, <laughs> time, time effective. I don't know I'll what make it an is. Will you be from this point onwards? I will make an effort to speak nice and slow, and enunciate every syllable, so your transcribing experience can be more enjoyable. Thank you for the first promo that we've been able to cut cleanly. That'd be great. I look forward to that. Uh, you asked a question a second ago. Why? I think that the question has changed in Europe when they see these star signings coming to Major League Soccer and not to America. And uh, it's what would have started with why for Insigne has become why is Toronto such an attractive destination for European champions? What do you think of the latest Craig Forrest? We knew Federico Bernardeschi was uh, cited. We knew that he was a target. And then it seemed like maybe it wasn't going to happen. They traded Alejandro Pozuelo. Seemed like it had to happen. Took a couple of days. And then Friday at 6 p.m. when everyone's checked out for the weekend, boom, new super Italian signing. There you go. I, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season, although they're running out of games. I got to start this giddy up here because, I, I mean, I really do hope they could make the playoffs because it, it would be really quite exciting, but they've got some work to do. It's a good point because for so long we've been saying, listen, MLS, just stay in the hunt until the summer. You can have a late run. Make some good signings. You can still make the playoffs. Well, the summer's here, mm. and they're still dropping points. And just like Craig said, they are running out of games, so they better turn it around soon. Insigne better be the savior at 100% when he returns next weekend. Bernadeschi better gel straight away. They better find a center back at some point as well. I mean, my mm. God, there's a lot of question marks in this team still, a lot of question marks, and I, I think they may have left it too late. So I think a lot of people see the Salcedo situation and he didn't have the best of seasons, obviously, but as a uh, this mid-season gift where, oh, look, it's still the European summer transfer window. You can go out and get someone of, of quality, maybe another friend of Insigne and Bernardeschi. But in reality, it just adds to the turnover of this team, the mid-season turnover. That's such a crazy reset, a mid-season rebuild, as Charmin said on a previous show, like the, the rebuild of all rebuilds, the greatest one. But uh, one of the questions I want to ask you, Craig, was have you ever played on a team where it seemed as though management was targeting guys from the same place, be the same place in England or the same country where all of a sudden there's a whole new clique that just showed up in the change room? Well, not really that I could think of off the top of my head. I mean, just prior to me, I mean, going back to the Ipswich days and early 80s, Franz Tyson, Arnold Muren, Bobby Robson really went after the Dutch guys. And uh, really, most clubs would have thought that that was a, a poor choice and that they wouldn't be able to play at that level and play in the physical side of the top flight in England back then and the, in the mud and all that. So they proved them wrong, absolutely. They were absolutely two of the very best Ipswich players of all time. Remember the French invasion in, in the Premier League as well? Wenger arrives, uh, Vieira comes to Arsenal, Robert Perez ended up there. Um, who else? Oh, Emmanuel Petit was there. Uh, Frank Leboeuf at Chelsea, of course. Marcel Dissayet. There was a huge French invasion at some point, but it really worked out well because they were world-class players um, who were the backbone of, of a European and a World Cup champion as well. So I guess it... Not perhaps at the same club. And Arsenal signed a lot of them, right? Um, but it worked out superbly for them. But that's a different level of player as well. And it wasn't like they arrived mid-season either. It was a, a strategy. Sorry, oh, fellas, I, sorry, Craig. I, explain the money to me. 
Insigne is coming for a crap load. These two other cats, are, how much can they pay them? That it's like, couldn't they have done better in Europe? That's what I'm wondering. No. No. They could not have done better than Europe. Federico Bernardeschi was playing for Juventus. He was playing for Italy, but he wasn't playing for Juventus day in and day out. He probably could have found another team in Italy, maybe a, another team that was playing in Europe, in the Europa League perhaps, but he wouldn't have made anywhere close to what he's likely to make here. Have you seen the number, Charms? Nowhere near I, I don't know. What, no, it's not the same. It's, it's healthy, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not 15 million. But no. it's definitely healthy. Crescido is a... Uh, He's a gam, tam, tam, wham, bam. Player. He's not a designated player. He's not Correct. a DP, no. But it still makes decent money, but it's not. I think he probably took a pay cut, I would think, at 35 to come here. But the other two guys definitely took a, a pay rise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what it takes still, Wonga, right? Like, so you, you do have to pay a premium to get these guys. You know, Gonzalo Higuain, I, I forget what he's on, but it's something north of, north of five, less than eight. And mm-hmm. I don't know if he would have garnered that in too many places in Europe. Giovinco, when he came here, he was a highest-paid Italian athlete, apparently. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming Insigne is now, right? I would think he probably is. Mm-hmm. He must Got be a man. Although, there's, I mean... There's no Italian Formula One drivers. What's Donnarumma making at PSG? A Good lot. question. I wonder. Goalkeeper, not- I mean, don't generally make quite as much, but I don't know. It's PSG, right? Bet she's not making the same, though. It's a Good lot of money. money. 16, 16 million net. 15? I just think how crazy PSG are and the stupid right. things they do, right? To get these guys there, maybe mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but he he could conceivably be the highest paid Italian, absolutely. So if they don't make the playoffs, then if they have left it too late, if they have run out of time. By the way, has anyone said that Bernardeschi will make his debut on Saturday when Insigne makes his debut? Has there been? been any uh, we'll find out tomorrow. Be there's a press conference tomorrow. We'll both be at. Um, and uh, will uh, someone will ask his interpreter that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be me. And the reason it's going to be me is because I said on this fucking show that's exactly what would happen. What's he been doing, by the way, in the last few weeks? Bernadeschi? Yeah, he's been to the salon. His hair is different. He looks fit. Been <laughs> to his agent. Oh, I'm sure he looks fit. <laughs> but is he fit? If he's had two or three weeks and he hasn't done anything. We'll see. He's not going to be running up there for 90 minutes. By the way, here's an interesting point. Um, my good mate, Michael Singh, the parlay brought this up to me, just um, speculating, nothing he's basing on. So they bring in Mark Anthony Kay into that midfield, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's still a DP spot available in that team. Ozo is on over a million now. And I think the final year of his contract, he's up very shortly, I believe. He's always said he wanted to make a move to a Europe at some point. He's always said that, right? He's, he's at the age now where you do it now, or you don't do it. This is kind of your last hurrah on this contract. It is K being seen as the heir apparent, do you think, to Ozo? Canadian kid, local kid, central midfield, can play in that role. It's really interesting. I think Ozo is one to watch in the next uh, few months. <clears throat> yeah, I think we said that recently, Craig, didn't we? That it yeah. seemed as though this, as Charm says, this really is his last chance to give it a go. I'd like to see him have a shot at it and try. And if it doesn't work out, who knows? Maybe there's another chance to come home. Yeah, see, you know, it's, it's not an easy decision, especially if it's something that's uh, handed on a plate here in Major League Soccer for him. He doesn't want to go over there. Say you end up in a Richie Larea situation where you, you know, you end up in which looks as though it's just perfect, and then. It actually falls apart because of promotion. And they're signed another defender, I believe, today in yeah. Costa Rica. So, But it's interesting, right? Play. Craig, answer, answer this mm-hmm. then. So Ozo, we know what he's done in the league, right? He's played more games at TFC than anyone. He's been a star in MLS for a while. He makes really good money, over a mil in this last year. Not as a DP, but as a mm-hmm. Tangam Wham Bam player. Yeah. Um, do they, if they want to keep him, do they throw that DP spot towards Ozo? Would that be a smart move? We know what he is. You know he can succeed. You know he can be a really great player in MLS. There's no unknown quantity with Jonathan Azario as opposed to going overseas and grabbing some some big name who may or may not make it over here. Mm-hmm. No, it's a very good point. You're, uh, you know, you're 
you know what you have, you know what he's going to give you. But I mean, they'll be following him absolutely statistically, physically, and knowing exactly what they figure, you know, he's got left in the tank. Is he, is he starting to show signs of, you know, decline in that sort of area? Well, uh, they'll, that'll all play a part in their decision. But if not, um, absolutely, that would be something they would have to think about. There aren't many examples of guys that have made their name here and played their game here that have earned top-end money. And while Oso's not a designated player, to crack even 500000 was unthinkable 10 years ago for an academy player, let alone a Canadian academy player. With the exception yeah. of Lena Donovan and d who at 34 finally was given a designated player contract, but was wasn't on that money. Well, is it thirty four? His last deal, right, was DP. Prior to that, he wasn't a DP, right? And it wasn't, and it wasn't a million. No, I think it was four fifty at that t- at that time. Something like that was the max, wasn't it? Without being a designated player, yeah, something like that. Well, four fifty on the cap for a DP or something weird, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, if if, if it was a guarantee that if Voso could move to your European club um, and get into the team play well and it works out well for him that way i would suggest from him just from a point of view where i was at Ipswich for 13 years would have stayed there for the rest of my career but when i did get the chance to experience chelsea and west ham i was really thankful for that because i didn't really realize how different different clubs could be run just different cultures different areas of the country mm-hmm. uh, although being in same in england it was really different in east london compared to rural Ipswich on the East Coast. So um, from that standpoint and the experience, I know that uh, deep down he would probably love to take that. But is it a guarantee, all these things? Because right now he's sitting in a pretty good position here at a club that he's been at his whole career. Craig, would you say that those 13 years at Ipswich shaped you as a player, but the next few years shaped you more as a person? Um. Different, yeah, per, perhaps. Stage perhaps. In your life anyway. I mean, yeah, it yeah. Would, but. yeah, it was different. You start thinking about things a little bit differently. I'd had a daughter, then, you know, you're you're thinking of, you know, where you fit, you you know, enjoying your football to knowing that it's, you know, not that that long a career. You start seeing other people coming up behind you. And yeah, so it's different. Absolutely. All the different things are different. I think when you get older, uh, you're just happy to be around and playing. And uh, it doesn't always matter sometimes when you get that stage where you're starting. You just want to be part of a, you know, a team and 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 keep that that banter going in the dressing room and that, you know, that you get every single day that is, is which really but people miss more than anything else when they retire, I think. Raheem Sterling said he arrived at Man City a boy and you left a man. Much like Craig Forrest at Ipswich, he arrived a skinny young pretender from Canada and left a man. <laughs> Same thing. Beautiful. Gets, it puts a tear to my eye. It does. Yeah, just down the, uh, the A12 to London. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Raheem Sterling's unveiling photos? That's, that's you know, those ones that um, the, the first break on Twitter. But I always wonder, do these players like save these? This is the, you know, the scrapbook equivalent. And his is like on some street in South Los Angeles with palm trees. I just looked. Just I, didn't, looked I, I didn't see those. So he yeah. was in the Chelsea shirt in LA. That that's the fir- the first look at him in a Chelsea shirt. The first footage of shots from the Chelsea account were him on some generic street in Los Angeles with palm trees behind him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Chelsea, you know, trying to be that uh, that global brand. God, they'll play in LA every every year from now on, right? They don't have to. They don't have to pay venue fees, so they're saving there. It's all straight yeah. profit, straight gate. We should. We should. Have done, make, we should have he makes his move. move. He makes his move to MLS. They went out, you know, to LA. They want this have to <laughs> Photoshop the shirt and no, right there. Todd, Boom. Todd Bowley's not going to let him go anytime <laughs> soon. No. We should have done unveiling photographs for Footy Prime when we all arrived here. Oh, we thought hindsight's a bitch, isn't it? We can't even change the logo on Apple, and you think we could do a photo shoot? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be like all that Wonga's garage that where the, the photographs would be? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I would well, be. The other thing for- I was thinking for Craig is, you know, with all these guys retiring, the way Craig made it sound. Look, 
Footy Prime could be the landing place. We'll have 88 guys on our show soon, just filled to the roster. We'll be pushed out because they'll be, be brand new retirees. They're just yeah, talk about over. crap. <laughs> yep. It'd be Keep Jimmy and Craig left over. Just Jimmy and Craig. The players take yeah. over. Us scumbag reporters, broadcaster types, not going to count. No. I mean, that's the media. We better hope that, you know, in, in Europe's made a thing, England's made a thing with converting these ex-athletes into actual presenters. Gary Lineker, Jermaine Genus will be the next one. God, I'm glad we haven't really done that here in North America. No kidding. Sorry? Buck Martinez. He's probably one of the first that's in true. Canada, right? I was watching but he doesn't the host. He's never studio hosted, really. Not studio hosted, right? but he went play by from... Play. Play-by-play, yes. color to play-by-play, which yeah. is interesting, right? He should host. With that hair, he should be hosting as well. He should do it or everything. Buck should, I think. I always um, said he's so underused at Sportsnet. They should put him on other sports. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like, like he should be doing tennis with that voice. He'd run out of it, though. Like, swinging a draft, swinging a draft, swinging a draft, swinging a draft. <laughs> Denis Shapovalov. What a story. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get this guy's actor union card. Get him in no some kidding. Like doing some voiceover. You and JC. J- JC and some, some, was some rivalry here. You know, yeah. you're knocking heads. That was JC. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Sharms, I've cut you off, buddy. You were going to say something? No, um, I think, oh, yeah, no, I, it's nothing that interesting. I was watching the Track and Field World Championships, and uh, Steve Cram is doing play by play there. Now, Steve Cram, as Craig may remember, was was a great middle distance runner in the 80s for for UK, for England. Oh, yeah. He's doing Cole and Levette. That's yep, right. Steve, that's right. Exactly Steve right. It's amazing, Steve Ovet, and also Steve Backley, who was a javelin champion, is doing play-by-play as well and doing a great job of it as well. So, it can happen. More chance of that than broadcasters becoming professional athletes. <laughs> yeah, I can barely be a co-ed league all-star. I'm still trying to. Can you win the championship? For God's sakes! Do you guys have an all-star game in your league? <laughs> that's his goal. That's his goal. Co-ed league. He, 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 he did say barely. I did oh, barely. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, alternate barely. number five. <laughs> no, I played in the, the Eric Lindros all-star game for this uh, full-day tournament once, and it was just because the guy on our team who'd raised the most money wasn't able to stay, and I was the only person without children, and that lived like east enough that I didn't mind leaving in rush hour. In order to stay in Whitby and play in this game, so that was that was cool. hockey, obviously, right? That was, that was hockey. Yeah. Who are you yeah. playing with? Who's on your team? Doug Gilmore. Oh, uh, are you kidding me? Oh, it's amazing. I hear this these, now. These tournaments have been pretty special. Yeah, Doug Gilmore, Nick Antropov. Uh, I'm naming guys that have played in this game. Rick Vi. Did any of them actually the pass the puck to you? So I lost that privilege very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I lost that privilege very quickly. Dennis Marouk, um, who scored 60 goals for the Washington Capitals, the forgotten 60-goal scorer, is actually the title of his book by Ken Reed. And <laughs> we were we had a great time out the night before. He's like, oh, Dunny, I love this guy. I don't know what it is you're saying when you talk about that soccer, but God, I love this guy. So we get out on the ice, first line, and I'm having a moment like, wow, that's, I'm playing with Dennis Marouk. And just as I'm finishing the thought in my head, he fires this pass across. Of course, it goes off my stick and into the corner. I hear him go, what the fuck? <laughs> we get back on the bench. There's all these you know, kids around and they're getting their picture taken. It was, hey, kids, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, great. Turns around to me, what the hell are you doing? You're playing with me? Play with me. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll be better. I never got another pass. Kind of a theme. The same thing happened with D-Row when I played with D-Row. I remember, Craig, you were there. You thought uh, there was there was <laughs> there was seventy yards between the defender and the ball, and thirty yards between me and the ball. And Craig could see the moment where the defender realized I have a chance at this here. And Craig yelled, "Come on, Dunny, this is your chance!" And we got to the ball at the exact same time as Dero was like, "Run, man, run!" He lays this through ball for a competent runner. I am running, Dwayne. So <laughs> as fast as I can. I'm running. You're this- you're cleaning in one on one with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. I, I hadn't get- played. I hadn't played for 25 years. Come I, on, Dunny. I couldn't get. Fuck to the- this hell. Is- this is what Greg was yelling. This is exactly. I thought what you were going to do yelling. your Achilles every step you took. I was oh. like, what the hell is he You're running in quicksand? Didn't he even no. take the shot. Take I- the shot. I was cheering for a Wonger. I get to the I get to the ball just half a step before the defender, who also is confused. Like, 
is there something wrong with this guy? How come <laughs> I got to the ball when he did? Is there something wrong with him? <laughs> and I, is, I he had a, just, is he a special fella who got a place in the team? Yeah, it was like that. Because it was because like, paid, shoot, it was like yeah. it was like taking him five minutes to get the ball out of his feet and take a shot. It was like a, the most amazing thing. And I was like, I was just gonna let him shoot. And it was just uh, he did everything he could to fuck it up. Charms, you've you've had some a bit of some uh, your daughter beating you at a couple races and you're hurting. Did yourself. my hammy now? By the way, I've torn my hamstring. Yeah, so tell Remember us about last time that. My groin. Yeah, so tell us about that, was that just, whole thing. No, so what was it? Two months ago, um, she challenged me to a, to a race, and at the thirty five meter mark, I did my groin. Okay, that's better now. That's recovered. But then, literally last Saturday, um, again, we're playing tennis again, and she goes, "Dad, let's let's race." Okay, sure, whatever. Racer again, thirty five meter mark. This time, my hammy blows, but it's a good one. Like it's actually, I've got a huge bruise on the back of my leg where the blood's clotted. It's a it's a genuine tear. <laughs> It's so you're so you're zero for two against a. Uh, how old is she? She's eleven years old. Oh that's my right. god, that's been. I haven't fin- I haven't finished the race. Now I'm actually grateful because she would have beaten me anyway. I think, but it was well, like, somebody you know, told me actually. Which speaking of races, somebody told me the other day. Well, actually, a couple of weeks ago, that my daughter would be able to beat me in a race, hands down. Right, and maybe if it was like five kilometers, maybe some like not a chance. So anyway. We have a race. I kicked her ass. Did you really? Wow. Oh, my God. I was just taunting her. I was, it was just like, you. Yeah, I'm 54. I'm like, look at you. Look, how far do you want to go? <laughs> Good for you. Hey? That's was amazing. it a sprint or was it a, what was it? Well, it was as fast as I wanted to go just to stay way ahead of her. How long ago? <laughs> what, was, what was the distance? Well, it was about 100 meters and it was like, at 50 meters, she was like way behind it. Needed a megaphone to see her and to talk to her. I tell you though, that they've, I always heard that, that you know, Love when you it. do a hammy, it feels like you've been shot in the back of the leg. And I've never done my hammy before like that before. And it's exactly how it feels. Mm-hmm. It's a horrible feeling. Oh, yeah. You got to be done careful. It, done it twice. I mean, I was running, I was definitely running within it. Like, I mean, not, I didn't want to push off hard off of an, an Achilles or anything like that. It's because, it's not something I've been doing on a regular basis. <laughs> not for 25 years. It's sad though, isn't it? I mean, you, at least you can you can hardly head up high. You won the race and didn't hurt yourself. I'm I'm exactly. at a low point right now, boys. I'm at quite exactly. a low point. <laughs> at least so I, I'll let you high. know. Every year we're going to have a race, and once she starts beating me, I think I'm going to be it. good till my 70s. I think you reckon, eh? Yeah, against her, unless she uh, fucking sorts herself out. She's not. She should be me. ashamed of herself, really. Hey, yeah, she should be. Yeah, send her a text. Send, her will. A text. send me a number so I'll text her. <laughs> so, what did she get you for Father's Day? That's the real measurement of how she feels about this. Maybe that was it. Oh, she let him win. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, maybe that's it. You know what? That's a pity win. That was that was a pity win. There's no uh, way you actually won properly. Just like you admitted that you were going to let me score if I shot it right at you. <laughs> I did. I was going to let you score if you shot right. <laughs> Speaking of great saves and be sorry, I just didn't want Jimmy to score, remember? Yes. Anything. I, I just told Jimmy, like, he ain't going to score. That was and the, he, that's and the, he didn't. the beauty in, in being there to watch this. Like, on the field, you see the other opposing players clock and recognize, like, oh, this guy here who's really struggling, is he's just here because he donated the most money. That wasn't <laughs> my case, but I understand why they would think that. But then you can see the rivalry that these guys still have, the competitive edge, like Caldwell and, and Dickio were getting elbows up at each other. That's the great thing to watch. I enjoy that. Yeah. I would have broke his leg, Jimmy, before I let him score. <laughs> what were you going to ask, Charms? Sorry, I was just jumping up through the rundown here. It's your, ahead, your show. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was going to mention, uh, speaking of great saves, the Alex Bono save for TFC mm. this weekend. Amazing. Pretty special. Yeah, that'll be uh, right at the very, very top of his uh, highlight reel. Yeah, when it when it kind of comes off you and then hits the crossbar, it almost feels like a better save had he parried it around the post. Don't you think it's weird? Absolutely, and it comes off him hard, like bang, bang, yeah. like it was just like it was hit hard. I mean, it was hit well too. Like he, mm-hmm. he, it was a good connection, but he didn't give up on it the whole way. He knew there was a potential that the shot was coming on and. He was pretty exposed, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
um, spread yourself, make yourself big. It's pretty hard to even react that, you know, from that something that close, but he did everything right. Unfortunately for the goal, he will probably be thinking about that more so than the save. Mm. Um, the cross. Yeah, that, that can wipe a smile of a keeper's face pretty quickly, eh? Yeah. Like he, he played so well and then he just sort of lost the flight of it and sort of instead of moving direct to the near post, it, it made it very easy for him. He was like, he chased it out. Then he knew it wasn't going to pick up the flight. So then he's trying to get back in the net and all the header had to do was hit the, hit the target and it beat him near post, right? So yeah, that's unfortunate because obviously there's a few good saves in that game he was good yeah he made another stellar save in the second half mm-hmm. that scoreline Mon- montreal beat toronto fc 1-0 very much flattered toronto fc M- montreal were the were the better team there they went down to 10 men and i thought maybe just maybe tfc could nick one you could see crescito had a lot left in the tank picks up the ball sprints over to the corner flag takes the corner gets right in as soon as the ball was in play again I thought uh, I thought they might have been able to nick an equalizer, mm-hmm. but the Canadian Classique goes to uh, CF Montreal. Hey, the, it'll, uh, it'll be interesting to see how far Montreal can go with this team. They, they got a good side, right? Solid That's what I was going to say. What's the game like? You you've seen a game in Montreal, right, Craig, at Saputo Stadium? It's called games. No, oh, yeah. no, that's what Several. I'm saying. But now Several. they've got this team. I think they're what their third in the East right now. They've been battling for first in the East, but yeah, yeah. They, I, yeah. last time I looked, they it's were third. tight. Yeah. yeah, but what's the atmosphere like there compared to TFC? Oh well, I mean, they're not an easy sell there. I mean, if the team is not playing well, uh, they, they, the box office will suffer for sure. They're not they they expect a a decent product and a competitive team. They really do. And Joey Saputo's, I think, worked really well in the last, uh, I would say, last season or two. Um, a lot better, I think, with the community. I think um, Gabriel Gervais came in there is uh, is a big move for them, a uh, very positive move. I think he's learned. I think he's learned something from an own, owning an Italian team, you know, and with the fandom and and how difficult and how how you know it's not easy uh, to to be liked by the fans. And uh, I think he's so he's tried to make some moves there, uh, and I think that's helped them. But on the field, yeah. When they're and they're buzzed in there, it's great. It's a terrific atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, they're very knowledgeable, but they're not going to come to the games if you're not playing well. Like they're just they, they won't. Not and the they, same. They really lost a lot of the goodwill that they'd built as an MLS team in that community with changing the crest and not involving the fans. Right? They they, right. they really lost a lot of I think goodwill. Yeah. But they've tried to correct that. They've got a new crest that's been. You know, f- fans suggested or the fans were involved with, and they'll unveil that next year, and they'll start using that from now on. So mm-hmm. they try to correct it wrong, which is good. We don't often see that in a lot of millionaire sporting situations. So CF Montreal now, not not Clubfoot. Well, it'd be CF exclusively, right? Yeah, yeah. Clubfoot wasn't wasn't going to stick anyway. <laughs> I just remember Sharps for about <laughs> we had a, 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 a forty-five to an hour show in the garage. For 45 out of that hour, he talked about Clubfoot. Just kept talking, yeah. bashing it. I appreciate that. Like right. if our group had a team petty. and we called ourselves Clubfoot, <laughs> oh, that would be a good name for us. <laughs> it would be, yeah. Exactly. It'd be brilliant. Not for a yeah. professional Major League Soccer team, though. No. It's like the Bad News Bears, you know what I mean? Like it just Clubfoot would be so suitable for us. Our, our sponsor on the back, Chico's Bail Bonds. <laughs> it's, it's like calling a baseball team the withered hands <laughs> yeah uh, lettuce wrists one of my friends uh his ultimate team i thought it was one of the greatest names ever hot cousin <laughs> <laughs> you're so creepy i didn't call it i just found it very funny this was his fantasy football team for no, college football or what it was, no it was an, his ultimate team they had a name for their Ult- you know ultimate frisbee yeah yeah no you have to explain it to people who aren't losers yes <laughs> ultimate frisbee. i knew i as soon as you said it the second time like oh my god he just calls it ultimate like he's in the gang i played ultimate. ultimate i did i pulled a hamstring oh, playing ultimate Attaboy. Wow. It's a pretty cool game, actually. It's a great game. Great for running. 
I'll tell you. Actually, to quick tell you. A quick That's story, why B hates folks. it so much. Yeah. Yeah. My very <laughs> right. very first game. Um, Kevin Foley. Remember Kevin Foley up at Sportsnet. Of course. He was playing. He was playing on this team. So he said, "Come along and play in this game." There were short of bodies and whatever. Have you ever played? No. He goes, oh, "Okay, we'll we'll give you a you know little short how what you're gonna do and everything." So basically, on the first first play, you know, you fire the disc frisbee as far as they can go. They take possession. So they're like, "Okay, that's your guy. You're gonna mark that person." It happens to go to my guy, and they say, "Jump in front of him." Right, just stop jumping from him. You can, pull, you know, just block the stop him from trying to, you know, throw the disc. So he picks it up, and he decides he's going to throw it like seventy-five as far as he can throw it. And I just last second jump right in front of him, and I take it full on, like from a foot away, right in the <laughs> fucking nose, and my nose just splattered. First play, I'm on the sideline, just leaking claret everywhere. I thought this was supposed to be non-contact. Absolutely crushed me. My eyes are watering. Did you keep playing? No, I, I can't no. actually come back on after. I was like, oh my god, I was like, yeah, wilting. So you, try to, you, like, you try to keep playing. I mean, a broken nose won't stop Craig Forrest. Oh. It was so sore. <laughs> just, just Actually, as a kid, uh, one of the guys that works for us in the, my pie store, he plays uh, national level ultimate, actually. Loves it. Loves it. Hmm. Is it not? video. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. Is it not football, but with Frisbee? I don't know the rules. It's, no, it's not. It's not. It's not, not physical, it's not everyone contact. gets. Yeah, everyone can be the quarterback then. So as okay. soon as you catch the, it's more like rugby. Mm-hmm. Where everyone can run with the ball, but you have to stop once you catch the uh, catch the disc. You have to stop. You become the quarterback. You can put, throw any direction, but mm-hmm. you whenever can you throw forward, obviously, right? You can I'm go forward, rugby. backward, There's any direction. Rugby, actually. So well, if you are it sprinting. is that anyone can throw, go, go with, the, catch the ball, throw with the, you know. But if you pass it and it hits the ground, the other team gets possession. Yeah, yeah. it's a mix. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. if you are sprinting and you catch. You catch the the disc. Are you allowed to? What you take a couple of steps and come to a stop? Yes, correct. Okay, and then you make a dead stop throw forward. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can pivot. You can pivot on your foot like basketball. Oh, I see. Okay, and they can stand in front of you with their arms up and try and block it and take it in the beak like I did. One of my my goals in life is to throw like the uh, the forehand frisbee. Like I haven't got that down. I can whip a good frisbee backhand. The conventional yeah. way, but that forehand whoo, can't do it. Mm-hmm. Any tips? That was the one that guy was. That was the guy trying to do that. The forehand, set, yeah, like you're trying to throw it a fucking seventy-five yards as far as you can. <laughs> Some guy made a beat. good run. To be fair, he made a good run. He lost his man. He was on, and you took that big disc energy right to the. Yeah, front. I'm just like, oh, they told me to jump in front of him. Hey, hey. Yeah. boom! <laughs> By the way, team. It was names. good. Def- it was actually good defending because we got the the disc, but it was like. Hey, Way to go, Craig. Wait, I'm just like, oh, what? Crawling my way to the sideline. I'm so past it. So past it. So past <laughs> it. But you are that, quick. That just reminded me, though, Wonger, that, uh, yeah, my, like your uh, team name, Sexy Sister or whatever, not the best team name. Hot cousin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my buddy's ultimate team is uh, Big Disc Energy, which I think is probably the best one. Pretty good. Oh, no. Well, didn't think we'd go down that road, but I also didn't think we'd be talking about the Canadian men's national team unionizing in this fight to uh, to seek an agreement with Canada Soccer. But that was a big story as of Friday that um, the Canadian men's players have come together. They're seeking, they are getting legal representation from a firm in Toronto and a firm in DC that have dealt with the U.S. Uh, men's team and helped them unionize as well. So they're getting some real advice now, Craig. You think? Uh, we're any closer to getting to a conclusion with all this? I sure hope so. Seems that way. Getting themselves organized anyway. And they're all pretty much, uh, everybody's unanimous behind what they're doing. So I can't see any issues with that. Were they unanimous? Weren't there three holdouts from that Mark Anthony K. Westwood conversation? I'm just sitting there going, 
who are the holdouts and what no, the hell are they going to do? Who are they? Name some who, names here. Who are they? And like, are they anti-union or something? And what does it matter? Yeah. For those that didn't know Wonger's point there, Rick Westhead had written an article saying uh, after an interview with Mark Anthony Kay, uh, where Mark Anthony Kay admitted that uh, 47 of 50 eligible players, all of which have had to play for the Canadian men's national team since January 1st, 2021, I think. And so 47 had signed their union cards uh, as of Friday. So maybe the other ones just wanted to think on it. Maybe uh, I'm not sure what the situation would be. But also, this is exclusively the men's that the men's team that have unionized here in this fight. Um, the women have done had done so in 2016. So how that comes together, if it's one unified proposal, I, I guess we'll wait and see. Um, Craig, did you ever have those conversations when you played? Was a union ever brought up amongst the uh, the proletariat? No, not really. Not specifically a union, no. Because no. the PFA is ostensibly the union, right, in uh, in English football. And they do a lot mm. of good good work. I mean, I know they get criticized a lot too, mm. but they do a lot of good work uh, with the alumni post-playing issues. They, they really help that out. I think a union's – I'm not a big union guy overall, but but I certainly am. I think in sports, I think you need it now. I, I've changed mm. my standpoint on that. When you, where do you, when you see these where negotiations. Do you, where do you draw? Where's your entry level to get into that union? That's a good point. Is it is professional, right? I would imagine. It has to be that level. Well, yeah, but are they going in as a professional? Or are they going in as a as a Canadian? I, oh, international. Yeah. Right. I haven't done nearly enough research on this topic to give any kind of intelligent comment there. I, I don't know. Because, and can you belong to the Professional Footballers Association in England and belong to the union? Well, so, you know, can you belong to different unions? Yeah. Because you're not, you're not under. Con- I mean, they're not, they're employees, uh, or they're employee. They're not employees. They're they're basically under contract for bonus. They're playing for bonus money. They're not. This isn't their employee. They're not employers. The CSA. Their clubs are their employers. Right. And they did negotiate qualifying a deal for qualifying. Don't forget. So who was at the helm of that conversation? That negotiation that was signed off to qualify. I'm just curious. I don't know. As, have they been signed off on? On the actual qualification, like not once you get to the World Cup, that's different, right? The money coming in, but to play those games leading up to the World Cup to qualify the hex, a deal was right. agreed upon. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of transparency that. that we need, obviously. <laughs> Forget the players <laughs> and the CSB. We need transparency for Christ's sake. <laughs> Or is it just explain it to people? (laughs) Or it could be that, I guess, as well. But I I read that and, you know, seeing them come together now and getting this legal advice. And yes, as you as you wishfully hope there, Craig, that hopefully we're closer. But I can't help but feel like. Wasn't that the move from the beginning? Wasn't that the move that should have been made when the announcement was they were holding out from Panama? Instead of these constant, we're in the hotel, you're in the hotel, come meet us. No, you come meet us. We tried. We're here. That whole rigmarole would have been uh, avoided, I feel like, if this was the start of that. And this build could have been in the last couple of rounds of World Cup qualifying where they knew, obviously, this was coming. And this wasn't something that the CSA was going to sort out to their liking or progressively sort out, preemptively sort out themselves. So they would have to, they would have to, come together and make the stance that they did. But this seems like the right stance to get changed now. It should have been does, done months ago. That's that's yeah. how it feels to me. When I read it, yeah. that's, that was my first thought. Yeah. Even even suggested that, I mean, that's both parties' fault, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I was just shocked when I heard there was still negotiations going on for the qualifying they just qualified for and they haven't got a contract and... It's, it was just all percentages just should have been done a long, long time ago. And that's what has caused part of the problem. So they're both at fault for that. Somebody in the dressing room should have said, we're not playing until we have this sorted out before the qualifying started. But there you go. Hindsight's twenty twenty, And now they've got themselves running in the right direction, it sounds, with this. And hopefully they can get themselves and the uh, women on the – it would be nice if they work together. 
quite honestly. Mm-hmm. If it's going to be the same deal, which is, I think, what's going to happen, it only makes sense. Can you imagine the two unions fighting against each other? I mean, that just yeah. would be just that would be typical, typical Canada soccer, and it fuck <sighs> something up. When that article comes out, yeah, I'd be like, oh, here we go. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, get on the same page. They they put out the joint statement last week, which was a good sign, I suppose. Mm-hmm. The women have been, have had this union since 2016, right? They've got some expertise. I hope the men are tapping into the expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well, that's what yeah. we'll have to do. Well, that'll be the next thing. We'll have to figure out exactly how those unions and how they work. Were they the same? Are they attached somehow? Or are they not? Do they work together against each other? Did you guys notice though last week? Canada Soccer sent out the new schedule for their friendlies. That came out first, I think. Then right after it, they sent out this transparency email. It was like a newsletter. And it said, hey, we're trying to be more transparent. And then right away, Christine Sinclair and the women's team send out this next thing. And I'm just like, back to Craig's communication, right? Like Canadian Soccer Association trying to be proactive but don't tell anyone they're trying to be proactive. Like, you know, here, that's the disconnect. If I am mm-hmm. saying I'm going to be proactive, hey, guys, let me send out this transparency newsletter because it read like a newsletter, right? And then the next mm-hmm. thing you know is no one knows it's coming out and Christine Sinclair from her Twitter handle sends out that, hey, we we, we don't know what's going on. These people are CSAing it. Like, you know how we always talk about CONCACAF, CONCACAFing? CSA, mm-hmm. CSAing is going to be into that space. You've made that a verb. They, we, it, you just got CSA'd. You just got CSA'd. Yeah. It's literally well, a verb now. One thing that kind of surprised me, though, Dan, was that um, I don't think they put a lot of thought into that statement, meaning that why wasn't anybody questioning the article? It was very much put out like, this is gospel and... We need to have answers. It was like, well, what about some of the questions about the two individuals from PEI and wherever the other guys from territories or something, you know, yeah. are they, are they, were they disgruntled former people, part of the board that are no longer part of the board? Maybe that's the case. Who knows? No, no, I totally agree. It's just, it was more for me just once again, to your point, Yes, they took it as, you know, this is the problem with the CSA. They're always on the defensive because they never plan strategically. It seems mm-hmm. to me on a communication level, which, you know, even Footy Prime communicates strategically. Or we try yeah. our best to. Eh? Uh, but we try to. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting to me that on the day that they sent out two communications, which could have been seen as real uh, positivity, it got shot down immediately by Christine Sinclair's and the women's team's uh, kind of memo to the world. And it well, just the, like another lack of winning for the CSA. I, I think, but well, no, I think the fact that the article comes out, the timing wasn't accidental, yeah. I don't think. And then the women's statements, I mean, the, obviously there's some disconnect in these negotiations. They haven't gone very well, I wouldn't think. At this point, even though they the men finally received counsel the last few weeks, I mean, I'm just speculating because I haven't heard, but I can't imagine there being good conversations. Otherwise, this wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. And also, I think one or two the the chronology of those events was the Rick Westhead article came out the morning that they announced Qatar and Uruguay. Am I am I wrong? Yes, I think you're. Thing? No, no, I think you're right. So the article comes out. So Canada Soccer having first just acknowledged. The, these games, these friendlies in September, and then that evening issuing their own statement. And then the the players' union, so you may have seen it on Christine Sinclair's handle, but it was a, a, a statement from the, the, the players' union, which, or, or excuse me, not the union, because it said it was signed, the women's and men's team. Right. The association signed women's and men's, so their conglomerate or which, whichever, yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's. Uh, I think think CSA can be used as a verb to just define miscommunication or where something didn't go as well as you thought it could. That that's perhaps the definition of your newfound verb. So, like most of our shows, I would, I would, I think those are serendipitous. I think our shows are gold. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing is, is that we will actually have matches to talk about Qatar and Uruguay in September in Vienna. Mm-hmm. 
And, and we do have a women's final that we can talk about. The mm. Canadian women play the U.S. women's team in this CONCACAF W final, the final that everyone expected, uh, but a final that I think Canada's pretty prepared for. So shall we do predictions? You want to go around the table and give uh, some scoreline predictions for the footy Monday night final? It's <laughs> footy picks. Footy picks. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. On JC's not hasn't said a word, but he's he's um it's a it's a it's a classic. That's a classic that needed to come out, and it's I'm just so touched that you guys did that. We bring it back. And so Deech would be as well. It makes me think of you guys. He'll never listen again. I did that. I did that today at uh, the race with some friends. I was talking about someone I don't speak to anymore. And I said, "May they rest in peace." And they went, "Oh, I'm so sorry." I went, "Oh no, I didn't mean it that way. Just she's still alive. She just we're not together anymore. So that whole horrible experience doesn't doesn't matter." And then they judged me different. They spoke to me different for the rest of the day. That's why you left on lap 37. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Gregor, or um, Wonger. <laughs> I'm going to go with this. I uh, I don't know how the American team has been playing. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cheer on the Canadian team tomorrow night Good. at 10 o'clock from Monterey, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, buddy. What a, um, give me some more stats. Who's coaching I, I just, the team? I, I, what, what color a, do they wear? What a beautiful stadium that is, though, in Monterey. Hoy. That's a wonderful looking stadium. Where Anyways, Monterey play in front of the mountain, yes. Where Tigres play. <laughs> yeah. Canada's gonna win three two. Gets penalties. Okay. Penalties. They've not uh, conceded Canada. No. Nope. Uh, but I, I think that this might be the time that they do, perhaps. Yeah. Caitlin Sheridan's played really well, Craig. Was her was her birthday this uh weekend as well. So happy belated to yeah. new number one. Yeah. There was no doubt that she was going to step into that position. Mm-hmm. No question. She was. I mean, even even going back to the Olympics, it was you know it was both of the the keepers and historically our goalkeepers have been well and beyond as good as anything out there, pretty much in the world. Outside of, I would say, Hope Sola was pretty special, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Pretty special. I saw her in training, and she was taking strikes from uh, her her goalkeeper coach, and he was just pounding them pounding the matter at just a different just a different level than any other goalkeeper I saw before hmm. but other than that I mean ours were always world class when you got the chance in media to see more training sessions and you obviously you were removed from the playing aspect of it did you find yourself just extra curious to get close and watch those it must have been like a whole new world for you to be able to see at least the volume of other sessions that you would have been able to in working in media. Absolutely. Did you mean in the uh, the women's game itself? No, not women specifically, but just in general. Oh. I can see that as something that you know you'd be curious yeah. about, but you just wouldn't have had the opportunity to see a lot of different teams. Yeah, and how they would run. Well, that. I mean, one of the guys. I mean, when I went out to LA, when Beckham was out there, when he first signed uh, with Frank Alps Galaxy, he, um, you know, I mean, I always saw. Played against him several times. He's scored some pretty nice goals against me. Uh, so I've seen it that way. But to watch him in training and how he strikes a ball um, over and over and over with the consistency of, you know, like Steph Curry hitting three shot, three pointers, right, right. you know, it's just, it's, it's pretty special. And just the sound like a professional golfer hitting a ball compared to an amateur, you just, it's a pop and it's, a, it was clearly different sound. An ability than anybody else on the galaxy side. Sorry, Sharms, that was me pulling a 10 minute goodbyes. Okay, Craig, prediction Canada, USA, Concacaf W final. 2 1 Canada. Sharms? Uh, quickly, I know Wonger asked why, why Monday night? Why not Sunday night? We actually got a great answer from uh, at four turns on Twitter. Uh, too hot to play the final at 5 p.m. Eastern. Sunday night final means going against Liga MX. Both Tigres and Monterey are playing. MLS and NWSL matches. Monday night is also a main match night for Liga MX Femme. Whole tourney mm. has had no weekend matches. So now we know. Thank you, Four Turns. That was very educational. I'm going to say it's going to be tight very as hell. Very good. Um, tight as hell. Canada's defense is world class. 
Um, we know the U.S. are the U.S. Alan um, Alex Morgan scoring goals again. One nil Canada though. I'm gonna. Yeah. I feel good for the girls. They're, they're getting the job done. Not a hell of a lot going forward at the moment, but uh, one nil. That's me too. One nil for Canada. What a setup. What a game. Yeah. What nope. a game. It doesn't I'll, get any better than that. I'll be watching. I hope. Uh, I hope it gets some attention. And I hope it's. I hope it's entertaining. You know, finals can be really tight and they can be boring, but I hope this one is entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. Quick note: Any reaction to Robert Lewandowski joining Barcelona? Apart from how the hell can they still afford players? Forty-five million, supposedly the transfer fee they've agreed upon. He's not done a medical yet, so we're waiting on that for official. Yeah, but, uh, those pictures of him in that new Spotify Barcelona shirt are flying around, and God, it looks weird. Yeah, they are just sacrificing their future oh, for now. I mean, you really worry about this team down the line. It's a 25 year deal they signed to split revenues from, uh, I think, their marketing company, I think it was, which brings a lot of money in. Also, so hold on. They've just done a Barcelona SB. They've just done a. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's a BSB. Yep. And all the players it's... are asking about it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and they got a union. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, Lewandowski's got a lot to give, a lot after as well. But what do you think his legacy is left? You know, Bayern, and it particularly really is sort of split between the fans, even though he won what eight league leagues in a row. You think split Champions League? Fans? I don't know. I, I think he's kind of up until now. I think they, I see, I think they see him as this taking this as a bit of a money grab and for a force a way out of his contract. So. Yeah, serves him right. Christ, he left Dortmund the same bloody way, didn't he? So, hey. he Well, that's a good point. He did, actually. Yeah. Lift by the sword, died by the sword, by Munich fans. Sorry. That's mm-hmm. true. That's that true. That move didn't work out for Mario Gutze, who did it uh, before him, but it worked out Should've pretty well for Liverpool. Liverpool. Worked he out pretty it. well for Lewandowski. If you remember, right, that deal was done and made a now, it was actually announced publicly before the Champions League final again with those two clubs that's, playing each other. Right. other. I covered that <laughs> final. Oh, you, think you were there with Dobby, weren't you? Jurgen yeah, Klopp. Right. Klopp was the manager. Jurgen Klopp was incredible in press conferences. Like he just he just commanded the room. It was unbelievable. He was so yeah, so you got friendly. Sam Allardyce. Yeah, I got a one on one with Sam Allardyce, who made us wait in the outside uh, in the neighborhood, Craig, a neighborhood <laughs> where West Ham play outside the training ground. We're like literally parked in front of someone's house and ended up with, waiting for six hours. We go in there. He was great. Allardyce yeah. gave us half an hour. And we leave, we get back, to drive down to the city center to serve it, and comes through on Twitter that they'd signed Andy Carroll to a $15 million permanent move. It's like, oh, that's why we were late. And uh, <laughs> this was going to be you know, the, the big part of our show tonight, but we don't have the lead story of the day that you've just signed. Oh, no. Good. Okay, good. Was Big Sam, by the way, when you spoke to him, was he drinking uh, white wine in a pint glass? <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was very friendly. He was very smiley. And I'll always remember that ending, though. I thanked him. I said, that was great. You know, I really, really enjoyed uh, the fact that we could just have some fun and make you laugh. And as he says goodbye, he tapped me on the side of the face like a child and said, <laughs> that was good, pal. And he's a big man, too. <laughs> yeah. His but hand would have just engulfed your face. Yeah. I felt, I felt as though it was him, his way of saying, like, Sorry, I couldn't tell you why I made you wait six hours, and you're gonna you're gonna get <laughs> yeah. shit from your boss. I know who it is, and he's gonna be pissed that you didn't ask me about it. They should bring him into Ten Downing Street. It's about time. He's just get, they got to get yeah. him out of relegation. <laughs> None of us named Big Sam when we, when we named politicians managers that would make great politicians. Not a single one of us suggested Big Sam. I think it's time to bring in Big Sam. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think I'm gonna have to play that one again. Now that uh, have you guys have have you guys charms like you're voting? Have is have they named the successor yet to Boris? No, there's a successors race right now, and there's five finalists um, just selling their souls to get votes right now. It's pathetic. <laughs> it's a bit like the c- conservative race here in Canada, actually. Yeah. Oh, fucking politics is just oh, it makes me just skin crawl. And, and chances are you prefer football, which is why you listen to Footy Prime. Yes! <laughs> to quote James Charman. Oh, there's no politics in football. Thank you for listening. And please buy me. Please, Sam. Please. Please. <laughs> 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.